Welcome to the epicenter of sports and entertainment. This, This is the Root Dog Show. Now, here's your host, Rudy Reyes. Gotta love that audio. I'm gonna let it play out to the very end. Let's see what happens. <laughs> this is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I certainly do appreciate it. You know, it's been a, it's been a scorcher, to say the very least. Of course, when I refer to scorcher, I mean uh, to the effect of uh, the weather we got going on here. No, this is not a weather show. This is the Rude Dog Show, and we're talking sports here on the Rude Dog Show. It'll be posted on therudedogshow.com. Make sure you throw me a follow on Twitter, at Rude Dog Reyes. Go to Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, I couldn't be more connected than an octopus. So with that being said, <laughs> I've been talking about the AFC and the NFC and you know where these draft grades actually were and how they have affected the team positively, maybe negatively. That remains to be seen until the 2022 season kicks off. And of course, my birthday weekend. That's right, this guy right here. And you know, there's a, there's a lot of great things to like about the AFC North. We're going to discuss that. We're going to talk about what the Ravens, uh, uh, Steelers, Browns, as well as the Bengals did. Of course, we know the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, faced off against the Los Angeles Rams. It didn't fare off very well for them. And we're going to kick things off here. We're talking about the Baltimore Ravens with 11 picks total. Interestingly enough, they went 8-9 last year, not quite 500, just shy of .477, which means that they didn't quite hit the marker that they were really looking for. But the good thing that they did is they went in and grabbed Kyle Hamilton in round one. I was there for that pick. Uh, a very, very good kid. He understands what's involved in the process of you know coming up from the college ranks at Notre Dame to being the guy, uh, the safety position there in the backfield uh, for the Baltimore Ravens defense. And, of course, uh, on the opposite end, they picked up Tyler Linderbaum at Iowa the center. David Ojabo, he went edge at Michigan. Uh, Travis Jones, defensive tackle at a University of Connecticut, or known as UConn for those that are out there uh, in the NCAA landscape. Uh, Daniel Falele, offensive tackle out of Minnesota. Uh, and Jalen Armour Davis, a cornerback out of Alabama. Uh, Charlie Kalar, uh, tight end, Iowa State, as well as Jordan Stout. Uh, Isaiah Likely uh, out of Coastal Carolina and Demarion Williams, cornerback out of Houston. And obviously, and I don't want to call him Mr. Irrelevant because he really isn't Mr. Irrelevant, but he's 196th pick for the Baltimore Ravens, a running back out of Missouri, uh, and that's a Tyler Beatty. So when you think about the Baltimore Ravens season, it was, oops, we did it again. Well, they did, and that's huge, huge for Baltimore, huge in such a way that allows for them in an annual fashion to really stockpile picks and show that they have the talent, they have the capabilities of uh, almost uh, almost an exhibition style, right? We look at uh, different teams who go head-to-head, as you know, it's a very competitive division within the AFC North. And, and more importantly, um, we look at you know the other three teams that are part of that mix. And most interestingly, uh, this is going to get a lot thicker uh, as the conversation goes. Of course, as the season progresses as well. Uh, make sure if you're in the Las Vegas area, I thought I'd throw this out there. Uh, we're going to be me, Sports Kings, uh, Gene Thompson, as well as uh, Dustin, um, who will be out there as well uh, at the Virgin Hotel throughout the regular season in the NFL. And what the postseason looks like, that remains to be seen. 
uh, but we're going to talk about it live at the hotel. So if you're in the Las Vegas area, want to stop by, say hello, meet and greet, feel free to stop by, say hello, and I'll be happy to do just that once the show ends that we're on. So I thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, one thing, going back to the AFC North, they really know how to exhibit the type of talent, recognizing the guys and, and recognizing the value that those particular players bring, not only to the draft, but the value they receive from drafting them. And more, more importantly, they did something kind of unprecedented, but it's not as if Marquise Brown was the most you know uh, talked about component as a part of the trade-off. I mean, he only averaged almost 800 yards. He didn't have any Pro Bowl nods. It wasn't a guy who was really sought after. He didn't light up the screen. And more importantly, um, it wasn't the, the biggest, most entertaining trade. Uh, but of course, they were going to go after any veteran guys as well. They, they really believe they have a, a bunch of fantastic talent that they drafted, which they do. And more importantly, uh, when you say that you you could have seen a wide receiver picked by Baltimore in any of the given rounds would have been the indication that they were going to replace a guy like Marquise Brown, maybe get somebody who's just that much more explosive and or athletic to do what they need him to do. So more importantly, um, thank you for all for joining in, by the way. I, I love your comments. Keep them coming. Say hello. Uh, ask me any question you'd like. I'd be happy to... Uh, to discuss that during the show. And uh, if you have any after the show, feel free to uh, put those comments and questions down there as well. So thank you very much for doing that. Uh, throw me a like, uh, share this show. I certainly appreciate all your work uh, as well as uh, the time it takes to sit in front of here and watch me for about 30 minutes or so. And I know it's a little bit taxing for some, but for others is, is really interesting, especially when we're talking to AFC North like we are here on the show today. Uh, you know, when, when I look at what Eric DaCosta has has done, uh, it's almost as if it was a draft he was designed for. Uh, there was a lot of, you know, I'm going to say a lot of new blood, a, new, a lot of new thinking, new ideas, new concepts uh, that DaCosta has brought to the Baltimore Ravens. And, and more importantly, um, I, I think when you look at the acquisition of Hamilton, it's not as if his numbers were stellar at the combine because they really were not all that great. Um, he didn't do that that much of, uh, I don't know, he, he didn't exhibit a lot of speed. It wasn't as if he, he lit up the scoreboard uh, with, with numbers, uh, not his cone or his speed off the line in the 40. Uh, but, I mean, overall, at the end of the day, when you look at what the Ravens are, are doing in Linderbaum, who's going to more than likely start, uh, I, I don't know. They had a lot of holes last year, a lot of, uh, a lot of gapes, a lot of places where really uh, a, a lot of pressure was assessed to Lamar Jackson, which I think took him out of the pocket more often than I think he would like. Uh, the, the lack of running back production, even out of J.K. Dobbins uh, at, at times, of course, he had off-season surgery. So whether or not he's ready remains to be seen. I know a doctor had stated uh, that, that he is going to be a game-time decision. I think it's going to be more like a season-time decision uh, for J.K. Dobbins. But I think when you, when you look at uh, where he, he lands, I think, it's, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I, I understand that Ojabo had you know, Achilles issue on his, on his pro day. And, of course, when you look at the sixth, the fourth-round picks, uh, Falele, obviously a guy who could be a, a day starter, uh, a starting right tackle, I, I might add, or more Davis, Kalar. Uh, and then, of course, when you look at the types of you know, 
when the, the types of love, and I know punters don't get any love in this league. Kickers don't get any love in this league, but I think more importantly, when you look at what they did in that department, probably one of one of the one of the the, the hardest legs to ever kick a football uh, coming out of the NCAA. So a lot of things to like about the Ravens. Um, I'm going to give them a. I'll, I'll give them an A. I mean, they they did what they needed to do in different positions. I would have liked to have seen a wide receiver pick that didn't happen. Uh, but it's not like it's a deal breaker. They certainly do have a lot of great defensive guys to offset for that. And to be honest with you, um, I, I think they're going to be, if not immediate starters, eventual starters, maybe future starters for the Baltimore Ravens line. So I, I'd like to think that Baltimore is going to be that much more competitive, uh, especially with the next team I'm going to be speaking of, of course, a team that um, – that well, that I root for more or less, um, but I'm very objective as well when it comes to the quarterback play. Of course, they decided to pick that up uh, in in the first round, broke the mold for quarterbacks, and that's Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, one one thing that I, I really am still on the fence about this, and I'm not going to say that Kenny Pickett was a wrong pick, uh, first quarterback to be taken uh, 20th overall uh, in regards to what his lifespan is going to be, and of course, you know, you can compare him to any quarterback you want. Matt Schaub comes to mind. Uh, maybe the whole small hand thing comes into play. I don't know. I don't really look at small hands. He's been able to throw a football his entire career at Pitt. Uh, but again, I, I'm, the, the jury's out because I really wanted Malik Willis. I think he was the most quarterback uh, uh, ready to start in the NFL kind of guy. The, the mentality, the attitude, uh, as well as the humility, to say the very least. Um, so Kenny Pickett remains to be seen in, in regards to the guy that I want under center. I think that goes to show. Hi, Maria. Thank you very much. I appreciate you tuning in to the show. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, when I look at round two from Pickett to Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia, speedy guy, uh, that was at NCAA, uh, you know, championship team, certainly a guy that, um, I probably would have picked in, in, in the second round. Uh, a definitely a, a solid pick. Then you get to DeMarvin Lee, who I think is underrated on the other side of the ball and defensive tackle position at Texas A&M. Uh, Calvin Austin, the third, he's a wide receiver, could be a slant guy early and often. And I don't know if this is any type of consolation, but Connor Hayward picked in the sixth round. Uh, of course, that's Cam Hayward's uh, younger brother, tight end out of Michigan State. Uh, the, the guy's extremely athletic. He's going to give you all he has. Uh, whether or not he's going to be that blocking tight end and third down sets, you know, that, that, that would be something I'd like to see what that looks like for him as well as blocking get off the football and then catch the ball in the end zone for six uh, round seven, Mark Robinson, almost two consolation picks, two twenty-five linebacker uh, 22, 25 overall out of Mississippi. And then Chris Ola Donkun, uh quarterback out of North Dakota, uh, excuse me, South Dakota, say the other end of Dakota, uh, and you know what? I, I still think that the mold was broken when the Steelers decided to pick him in day one. Of course, it was a Kevin Colbert's last NFL draft uh, with the Steelers organization, and it's going to be judged based on how Pickett performs. Uh, not only uh, you know now, maybe he doesn't get the nod. I would say Mitch Trubisky certainly gets the nod, uh, and then you're going to have a, a, a backup situation Kenny Pickett will also be a part of that he'll get a chance to sit there and learn and listen and watch and be a student of the game I hope he picks it up uh, I hope that that first uh, round 20th overall pick certainly uh, helps him out in the long run I think when you look at 
um, the, the the upcoming season. It's not as if the quarterback pool was super great because, well, it wasn't. Uh, and I'm not going to say great as in diminishing any of these guys' capabilities or uh, their ability uh, to be available when their name is called. I mean to the extent of the larger pool of quarterbacks that are available. This isn't Patrick Mahomes draft. This isn't a Tom Brady draft. This isn't you know, uh, a situation where you're going to find low-hanging fruit in the quarterback tree because it just just was not so, uh, which, again, begs the question as to whether or not Malik Willis um, should have been taken on, on day one. I think the Steelers could have taken it, maybe take a chance on Desmond Ritter. Uh, I wouldn't against wouldn't be against that whatsoever, but they wanted the hometown kid who plays, you know, right next door. Um, he's the best of the bunch, apparently, as far as uh, the the quarterback uh, and being the most readiest quarterback. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but I can't take anything away from it. There's been some comparisons between Kenny Pickett and Andy Dalton. Uh, that's not bad, but that's not great because Andy Dalton, as we know, is not elite by any stretch of the imagination. Kenny Pickett. Ranked higher, picked higher, needs to be elite for the Steelers organization moving forward for the future uh, of this team. And, of course, there's going to be discussions about his hand size. I don't really care about that. I don't listen to that noise. And then when we look at receiver selections, again, I do like that Pickens pick. Uh, I don't know that I'm in on the picket pick. Uh, too many peas and not pickled peppers for that. Uh, but when you look at what's available in round two and undersized Austin, uh, again, a guy who can evolve in the slot early and often. So I think there's a lot to be said for what he's available, uh, what he's capable of, rather. Uh, and the 84th pick overall for Leal uh, certainly uh, could outperform his draft positioning a lot sooner than later. Um, I would probably would have picked a cornerback for the long term, considering Joe Hayden decided to retire. Uh, he does hit a very nice putter. Uh, outside of that. So I, 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 I do respect Joe Hayden. I, I know he's torn in regards to the, the Browns and Steelers, and they're not that far apart across the river from one another. Uh, but that is something that uh, Joe's going to have to work out. So, hey, Joe, for watching. Thanks for, uh, for, for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, and then, of course, when we look at the Cincinnati Bengals, came up short uh, against the LA Rams. I was there at the Super Bowl. I was on Radio Row. Uh, everybody I had basically spoken to said that the Rams are going to run away with this game. Well, it didn't look that way early on. It was a very evenly contested game, and the Rams decided to blow it all open, and that's really all it taken. But not not at a complete loss. You lose, you know, wide receiver in Odell Beckham. He's out for the remainder of the game. They lost another guy, uh, but then they have Cooper Cup, who is the NFL MVP, or excuse me, the uh, Super Bowl MVP, and holds tons of numbers. And uh, we'll look to probably run it back. Of course, the whole team looking at running back this year. Uh, but outside of that, a, a fresh AFC title run, certainly something that uh, the, the, the Bengals are going to try to work towards, try to stay in that conversation, uh, especially when uh, you know there were two players picked up in the secondary. Uh, one is defensive back in Daxton Hill out of Michigan, Cam Taylor-Britt, cornerback out of Nebraska, Zachary Carter, defensive tackle out of Florida, uh, Cordell Volson, which could be a day one starter, offensive lineman out of North Dakota State. Uh, Tyson Anderson, safety out of Toledo. Uh, Jeffrey Gunner, edge out of Coastal Carolina. So there are some similarities with a lot of these different guys uh, as far as the style and technique, uh, whether it's a Tech 3 or a 3-4 uh, coming out of college. So there's a lot of things I really like about this, this draft pick. I would have liked to have seen uh, them pick up maybe 
maybe a guard. I, I do like the you know the the offensive lineman part of it, but I mean, is that a guard? Is he a tackle? That remains to be seen. Maybe he's a two way player. Maybe he can play the guard as well as a tackle spot. Um, but there's a lot of things that uh, that they really did, and of course, you can't really argue anything having to do with the type of strategy they decided to come up with with a lot of guys like Taylor Britt, who has a tons of intangibles. Um, but it's not as if the, the middle round picks were anything to, you know, r- write home about other than Cordell Volson, which I think would be a day one starter, as I stated earlier. Uh, this is Rudy Reyes on today's California, uh, today's Canada, uh, Coachella Valley. I'm on Twitter. I'm on, uh, Facebook. Um, I'm live everywhere, live and, uh, living large, <laughs> spread out a little thin, I think, but nevertheless, it's effective and I like it. Don't forget, uh, comments, uh, give me those thoughts, any ideas, anything you'd like to see in the show. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things I really liked about the Bengals move. And when you look at the, the top three guys, Jeremy Ruckert, uh, is somebody that I would have liked to have, been, uh, have seen the Bengals uh, acquire um, or, and or Isaiah Likely in round three because both guys were still there. Uh, but instead, they went with uh, Tar- Carter and Volson, again, a, 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 a day one starter, I believe. Um, and then obviously provide a lot of quality depth, especially inside of the trenches, maybe pushing the ball up a little bit, getting the running back a little bit more room. In regards to just that big bodied, you know, guy, very athletic in Volson. Um, but, you know, when you look at Anderson and Gunter, they're a little scrappy. They're, you know, certainly guys you need to look out for moving forward. I don't know that they're going to make any type of major moves uh, w- within maybe uh, special teams. They'll get opportunity to play. Of course, that's a segue into any NFL team is a play uh, on the practice squad and or be a part of special teams. So, of course, there's a major injury, heaven forbid, you have those guys to pick from. Overall, I, you know, the, the Bengals in, in a grade B, uh, having, you know, one of the, the, the best record within the AFC North at 10-7, and seven, uh, certainly trying to run that back. I don't know that they have the ultimate capabilities of doing that because, again, it's hard to get there. Some teams wait a lifetime, and, of course, that is a perfect segue into the next team. Of course, that's the Cleveland Browns whose last year record was eight and nine. Uh, they didn't have a first round pick. They didn't have a second round pick, um, but they did get a third round, actually three third round. Martin Emerson, uh, cornerback out of Mississippi State. Alex Wright, defensive out of UAB. David Bell, wide receiver out of Purdue. Perrion Winfrey is a defensive tackle, a big body guy, very athletic. I like his hand motion. Uh, he's out of Oklahoma, Cade York. He's kicker out of LSU. Uh, of course, most people would love to see him kick a 65-yarder. Uh, Jerome Ford, running back out of Cincinnati. Mike Woods, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, edge rusher out of Oklahoma. I'll, I'll look for him to maybe turn some heads. We'll see how he does in training camp, which is forthcoming. A lot of teams have already started training camp today, Raiders being one of them. Uh, Dawson Dean, the center out of Texas Tech. Maybe that's an injury reserve guy uh, to pull off the practice squad. That remains um to to be seen uh so i mean overall i i think the browns did themselves some service and not really a disservice they did get a b uh i i like those guys uh and of course you know now that the quarterback shuffling is basically done you have brissette and um you know not a whole lot else, to be honest with you. I mean, Deshaun Watson's a guy who will end up serving some type of suspension. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how many games, 
but I know it's certainly going to be uh, at least six, if not longer. I'd like to see the entire season, as I've autonomously have said before that I'm not a fan of Deshaun Watson whatsoever. Uh, he may have said one thing, but his actions spoke to another, and that's another time for another show. But more importantly, um, that door is now closed. And Watson, with his fate being undecided, uh, I- I'm waiting to see what that actually looks like. Um, but more, more importantly, um, you know, they, they did get some, some, some trades back and they did some moves and some shuffling. And, um, you know, when you look at Andrew Barry and what he did adequately for this team, I think he certainly, um, is he's moving in, in the right direction. I think they have a solid coaching staff compared to what they've had in the past. And I think more importantly, when you look what the Browns are, are, are actually doing, it's almost as if they acquired the right pieces, but some of the guys, some of these guys won't even make the cut. And they're going to go with the guys who have been the starters or have worked so hard that they may have acquired those spots because of that hard work. And hopefully that is the case. Um, you know, Cleveland did address uh, a lot of pressing needs. They did add somebody behind the wide receiver core, defensive line. So they went ahead and you know brought in Winfrey, uh, a Senior Bowl MVP, which I actually like that move, uh, especially in round four. And then they, you know, almost as if they are going to shuffle around in the defensive line, which I really want to see. I want to see them do some shifts, you know, put some linebacker rotation, defensive back rotations, uh, and do something a little bit more than, than what they have done, especially in the latter part of last season, and. Uh, they, they went ahead and added some more depth uh, as far as the running back position, uh, as well as an edge rusher in Thomas. I don't know if he's going to make the cut. You know, he is the latter, latter round guy, but we're going to see what happens. Uh, you know, Browns, again, ended up at eight and nine, uh, and something that the Ravens know exactly and all too well from last year at eight and nine. So it's going to be an, an interesting link. I don't know who's going to make um, the cut in regards to, you know, who's going to win. The AFC North, uh, this is going to be a real toss-up because, you know, Steelers starting new quarterback and Mitch Mitch Trubisky. And then, you know, you you see Mason Rudolph that could potentially back him up. Not a huge um, cap space for, for the Steelers in regards to a loss. For some reason, Trubisky does not work out. Heaven forbid. That's a case in the middle of the season. Not a fan of Mason Rudolph. So then in turn, here comes Kenny Pickett. And, of course, everybody knows what happens when Ben Roethlisberger went down and, uh, excuse me, uh, Tommy Max went down, Roethlisberger came in and eventually won a Super Bowl. I mean, it, it, it does happen. It's not frequent. It's not often, but it does happen. It's just one of those storybook seasons for Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but he will not be coming back to save them if anybody goes down anytime soon. Uh, the quarterback situation by in Cleveland is very bleak. Uh, I don't know who they're going to acquire that makes this team that much better. There's not a lot of free agents out there. I mean, heck, if they really wanted to pull it together, they'd probably contact Colin Kaepernick. I don't know. Uh, but out, but outside of Jacoby Brissett, um, they really don't have any depth at, at leadership. I mean, he's been around in the league for quite some time, but he's we know what we're getting with him. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, obviously, you know, you're going to stick with the guy who helped get you there. I don't foresee anything changes from Joe Burrow to anyone else for that matter. I don't think there's anybody else on that roster, maybe just from a death perspective. He's your day one starter. He's going to be that way. And heaven forbid anything happens to him on her center this upcoming season. 
Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson still has yet to work out that entire contractual issue he has with Baltimore. Uh, in interviewing him uh, back in 2018 at the NFL Draft in Arlington, there are a lot of things I liked about Lamar Jackson. He's very humble. Uh, he has a great sense of humility. Uh, he knew exactly what he needed to do. Uh, he fell, you know, 32nd overall to Baltimore Ravens in the first round, which is the last position in the first round, as those people that, that know uh, in relation to what that contract looks like, how he works that out, I don't know. He is his own agent. He does not have one. I would probably advise getting one, but I'm, not, no, I'm no one to advise him to do anything or get anything. So <laughs> Lamar Jackson is going to have to figure this out in one way or another. And it's just a bigger question as to whether or not uh, the, the, the Ravens are going to continue allowing him to wait out and see what that actually looks like. Because at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson's numbers are going to still go up. And the reason why he did not perform last year in the way that he could have performed is because he didn't have the offensive line at times. It was a patchwork under COVID circumstances, uh, not a lot of weapons uh, to, to throw from when you're under pressure, you know, like 75 to 80% of the time, you don't have, you know, the, the ability to do anything other than run. That's exactly what he tried to do. So uh, for, for him, uh, and maybe for the Ravens organization, if Lamar Jackson decides to work that out and can work it out himself without acquiring anybody else uh, from in maybe a, a fill-in agent. I mean, you have to have an MBA to be a, um, an NFL agent. So I would like to see a deal get done with Lamar. He's worth it. Uh, I've seen him play my team time and time again. He's just one of those guys that you just root for. Um, so... All that being said, this is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, share it, like it, love it. I really appreciate it. I, I, I enjoy it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you again. For those that will not catch this show right now, we'll be on the RudeDogShow.com under replay. And I'll replay this for tomorrow as well, Then a fresh show on Friday. So stay tuned. I have a show coming up uh, with uh, the Sports Kings at 7 o'clock Pacific. Uh, we will be as live as humanly possible. Uh, and if all else fails, we'll just have audio only. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Everybody have a great evening and I'll see you on Friday. Thank you.